Hey folks, this is Mike with Battles of the First World War podcast. I'm here with uh, Mr. Jeremy Bowles. Uh, Mr. Bowles has been to the Mers Argonne with Robert J. Laplander, uh, whom I have partnered with, to conduct Lost Battalion tours. So I'd like to open up this episode by letting Jeremy share his experiences when he was at the uh, in the Mers Argonne uh, last year with, uh, with Rob Laplander. Jeremy. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Thank you. Good, good. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so, yeah, um, as you were saying, I was over in the Muse Argonne uh, last year for the Centennial with Rob. Uh, Rob and mm-hmm. I, we were conducting the Lost Battalion tours together. And in addition, Rob was assisting me in tracking my great-grandfather's footsteps. Um, My great-grandfather was Andrew Perry Craig. He served in B Company of the 314th Machine Gun Battalion, 80th Division. Um, Andrew actually came in very late in the war as a replacement. Uh, He came out of Wilmington, Ohio, and he didn't arrive there and joined the 80th division until around October 10th to the 25th, somewhere in that time frame. Um, At the time, the 80th division was on the line um, around Madeline Farm, just between Mm -hmm. Cunel and Nantois. Uh, One day when Rob and I had a little bit of free time, in the afternoon, Rob took me out to Madeline Farm in that region of the Meuse Argonne so I could see the area that my great-grandfather was meeting the division at. And it's a beautiful, picturesque uh, country farm area, um, wide open field and rolling hills. And while we were there off the side of the road, um, and we were following the maps given to us by the American Battlefield uh, Commission. We were following where the 80th Division was, and right off the side of the road, we noticed in full bloom these beautiful red poppy flowers. So naturally, uh, we went out, and I, I'm in my full doughboy uniform from reenacting the first world war and we have several pictures taken of me with the flowers and a friend of ours that was with us susan adler uh, she took some very beautiful detailed up close photos of the flowers and when we were done with our picture opportunities i plucked a few of the flowers and i actually pressed them at the time and between the pages of my great-grandfather's unit history uh, so I could have as a keepsake and bring back home. Um, I currently now have them in an asset-free card holder for what you would use to preserve postcards or baseball cards, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, Rob and I discussing the episode of finding these flowers in the field and they were isolated there was only one little bush of flowers right there in this whole barren field um 
Yeah. Both Rob and I had the hairs on our arms standing straight up. And to me, I believe deep down in my core um, that finding those flowers there at that spot, a hundred years to the month of when my great grandfather was there, was a divine message. It was a message from God telling me my great grandfather was right there. Um, later that evening, when we went out for dinner, we were discussing and still on a bit of a emotional euphoric high over the incident. Um, mm-hmm. there was a local lady that overheard our conversation and she came up to us and spoke in English and was very shocked that we found poppies in the Argonne. Um, we knew that poppies were prevalent all over the Western Front, and she informed us that in the Argonne region, poppies are not as common as they are, say, in Flanders and northern France and Belgium or even around the Somme. They do grow in the Argonne mm-hmm. and they do grow around Verdun, but they're just not as prevalent. And to find them is kind of a oddity, but to find one in full mm-hmm. bloom when a poppy is a spring flower is an extreme rarity is what the lady told us, which further cemented in my mind that this was truly a divine message. Yes. I just, yes. I just, you're retelling that story now. It, it made the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and uh, wow. That's, that's just amazing. Wow. And wow. <laughs> I don't even know like where to go from here. Like this is just such an amazing story. Yeah. Well, wow, what a, what a wonderful experience. To me, um, the story isn't quite finished though. Uh, I recently discovered in preparations for a speech I was giving this past Monday for Veterans Day. Um I was researching local veterans from my hometown who fought in the First World War. And we were coming through the uh, Ohio rosters of soldiers, sailors, and Marines in the Great War. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and friends and my family. And while going through the rosters, my mother found a name that rang a bell to her. Uh, his name was Franklin Ellenberger. Um, I immediately started reading through his service file or his service record. And Franklin served in K Company, uh, the 128th Infantry Regiment of the 32nd Division, the Red Arrows. Uh, mm-hmm. Franklin was mm-hmm. also from Wilmington, uh, same place as my great-grandfather. Um, and his service record showed that he was listed as Killed in action October 7th, 1918, and the Muse are gone. Um, upon discovering that he was killed, I was curious to find out where he was interned at. And I, I was really wondering if he was buried at the Muse are gone cemetery. So I started searching through the database of the Muse are gone cemetery, and sure enough, we discovered that his name is inscribed on the plaque on the chapel of the missing in action. 
Um, Franklin was never recovered and is listed as missing in action. His body has never been recovered. Um, my mom, of course, knowing that the name rang a bell, she started going through our genealogy and she discovered that Franklin was her great uncle, which would be my two times great uncle. Um, immediately upon discovering that he is a relative of mine that was killed in action, listed missing in action, I contacted Rob Laplander, who runs an organization mm -hmm. called Doughboy MIA. Um, I also work and volunteer with Rob for Doughboy MIA. And the whole mission of Doughboy MIA is to try to uncover and find those soldiers and sailors from the Great War who are still listed as missing in action. So when mm -hmm. Rob found out that I have a relative who is missing in action, uh, he immediately put in an inquiry and requested from the St. Louis Archives, uh, Franklin Ellenberger's uh, burial case file, and we contacted another friend of ours, uh, Steve Gerard, and talked to Steve, mm -hmm. and Steve pulled unit history, and we found out that on the night of October 7th, 1918, uh, the 128th Infantry was on Hill 269, just north-northwest of the town of Janice, and on that particular night, they were under intense artillery bombardment by the Germans, and we've theorized that he was killed in the artillery barrage, and most likely he was buried there on the site on the hill uh, where he fell, and just due to mm -hmm. the course of the war and nature of the war, his grave has probably been lost and was never found when they went back to collect the dead for our final death position of all the remains. So mm -hmm. uh, Rob and myself now have a clear mission that we are going to try to go back to France sometime and we are going to pursue and we are going to try to find my great uncle's remains to bring him home. Wow. God, that's just amazing. Wow. Wow. What, what an experience of uh, kind of, not kind of, of, of connecting with, with your great grandfather, but then also finding this new connection with your great uncle, uh, great, great yes. uncle, correct? Yeah. Wow. What, and, and now this, this new mission, that's just amazing, Jeremy. Wow. Thank, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us, for sharing that w with everyone here on the uh, Battles of the First World War podcast community. Um, wow, this just highlights um, the, the the experiences that 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 you will that you will feel um, just visiting the the, the Mers Argon and and the connections you can make um, not only with with other people on these tours and and other people you travel with, but but with your own relatives. Uh, God, I'm just, that really does, does make the, the hairs on the, the back of your neck stand up. That's just amazing. Wow. Thank, thank you so much, Jeremy. For sharing um, that Mike, us. if I can, I'd like to kind of close with a, mm -hmm. uh, 
poem that I have here. Uh, this was this yes, was written by a Moina Michael in 1918, and this is called yeah. "We Shall Keep the Faith," and it talks about the importance and the significance of the poppy flower. Uh, of course, everybody knows of mm-hmm. uh, in Flanders Fields, but this is a counterpiece to that poem. And it's called, We Shall Keep the Faith. Oh, oh, you mm-hmm. sleep in Flanders fields, sleep sweet to rise anew. We caught the torch you threw, and holding high, we keep the faith with all who died. We cherish, too, the poppy red that grows on fields where valor led. It seems to signal to the skies that blood of heroes never dies, but lends a luster to the red of the flower that blooms above the dead in Flanders fields. And now the torch and poppy red we wear in honor of our dead. Fear not that ye have died for naught. We'll teach the lessons that ye wrought in Flanders fields. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the focus back um, to to keeping the memory of these men alive, Jeremy. Thank you so much for closing. Thank you, Mike. All right, folks, that was Jeremy Bowles, and we are very grateful that he came on the podcast to share his experiences with us. A quick thought, and bear with me here. In today's hyper-globalized world, you can visit most major cities in the world and have most of what you're accustomed to back home. Anywhere you go, there's a Starbucks in just about every city, or a Dunkin' Donuts, or a McDonald's, and even the same shopping outlets. Things are largely the same everywhere. So the Wagamamas in Boston will have the same menu as the Wagamamas in London. So what is left to us? When we go on a trip, we must seek unique experiences. For example, there's only one Stonehenge. And when I laid eyes on it this past spring, there was nothing else like it. The Meuse region in France is the same as well. When I saw the signs for Verdun on the A4 highway, I could feel the goosebumps rising on my forearms. When we pulled off the highway and soon found ourselves in the two-lane roads, through the small hamlets and villages where French, German, and American soldiers fought through, I knew that I was in a special place like no other. At least not to me. There is nothing like the rolling hills and immense fields of the Meuse. There's nothing else like standing on the ruined hilltop of Vauquois and watching ragged storm clouds course through the heavens above you. There is nothing else like walking into the Lost Battalion pocket on the D66 road through the brush and a little mud and finding yourself standing where truly American heroes stood or driving through the country roads and finding yourself in Exermont where American troops ran for cover as German shells rained in and a cameraman caught it all on film or having lunch at Jean-Paul de Vries Museum in Romagna where you can touch every artifact you see. There's also nothing like the crisp mornings in the Meuse, 
Le Brouillard, which comes in and burns off mid-morning, and the cool summer evenings where the sun is out until nearly nine o'clock at night. Hearing the bread truck come in the morning and buying still warm croissant à beurre and eating them moments later. Or simply walking into the Carrefour market in Varennes and having a schoolboy-like excitement of wanting to buy everything in a French grocery market. I mean, seriously, the wine is as cheap or cheaper than water. Rob and I really feel that we will provide a unique experience of battlefield tours that will stay with you and that will touch your hearts as Jeremy's time with Rob touched his. You will walk in the trenches that still snake through the woods a century after they were emptied. And you will stand in the streets where doughboys fought the retreating Imperial German army. There are a lot of Starbucks and McDonald's in the world, but we believe you will never have another experience like walking through the battlefields of the First World War with two World War I enthusiasts cranking the geek level to 11 and telling you what happened exactly where you stand. Space is limited to just 14 guests, so please don't wait. Contact Robert J. Laplander or myself for more details. If you've been thinking that you would like to experience the American Expeditionary Force in France, this is your chance. This makes a fabulous Christmas gift at a very affordable price that your significant other will treasure forever. Or give it to yourself. Don't miss out. Contact us today and join us. We are along the road parallel 276.4, waiting for you.